0: If you supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Remember, The The out good The Goodbye. The blob. And put on a deedgery do and shamanic
1: drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a deedgery do and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance
0: and protection.
1: And put on a deedgery do and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations
0: and stuff like that. If more you supported the show, I'd be less sick of (laughs) podcasts.
2: And again, I lived in a nice place my parents were good people. It's not a problem. Not. It's, it's, it's an institutional, endemic, cultural thing. There are no wise elders. If you have some, you're
0: extremely lucky. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grammerica show. We are going to be uh-huh. chatting with the one and only Neil Kramer a little bit later. Uh big thanks to Neil for coming on the show and for waiting over a month for the show to come out because of all the pre recording for the vacation and everything else but uh, I think it'll be worth the wait um yep. He was actually friends with who was it niles heckman yeah when yeah. we when we reached out to him he said Niles had said we were good dudes yeah. so he, so he decided to let us let us pick his brain for an hour and a half or so Good Canadian dudes, eh that's right uh but first, the one and only Graham. Calf cam Dunlop. Hey, buddy, I'm telling you the calf cam's coming.
1: No, no calf cam.
0: I got that twenty foot fucking camera. I
1: better shave him and tan and up. I'm gonna then.
0: sneak it around, and I'll drill a hole <laughs> right in the wall so you don't even know what's there. <laughs> so I won't even turn it on until you're like, not looking because it has a little light. You need the light on. Otherwise, it's dark back there. People will just be looking at the dark. I have to pay for the calf cam.
1: I got a tan. That'll be
0: an extra subscription. Yeah, that's right. So uh, how you been?
1: Good, good. I got a biohacking segment for you, just so we don't forget. And I nice. forgot the
0: UFO quote don't, last week. Don't point at me. <laughs> don't fucking point at me.
1: And uh, I got a trip report you from know somebody in the chat.
0: You know how I feel about pointing. I know you got
1: a real issue with that.
0: Yeah, you had some problems as a kid with people pointing at you. I still do. Is it was it teachers or parents? I don't remember. <laughs> you don't. You don't want to go back me there. Crazy though, especially the way he points at you. He gets it out. I'm just like, oh, you motherfucker.
1: See, it doesn't bother me Some at all.
0: people call me; um, they don't mean anything by it. They're just pointing. I know it's in just, habit. it just drives me crazy. It's a bad habit. It's rude. I think it's rude. Neil Kramer would help you out with that. Oh, it's a it's my problem that people are rude. No, they're not rude. It's, so just, it's just your problem because you no, have a trigger. You're a, triggered I'm by triggered. people pointing at you. It's a trigger. <laughs> That's a shame. That was a good chat with Neil. Yeah, it's but, hard to remember because it's so long ago. i I'll probably actually have to listen to this show. So that I could hear the interview again. But, and you know, it was a long time ago. Yeah. On a, a refresher.
1: Yeah. I like about people becoming better people and learning. <laughs> and the bonus show
0: is going to come out right away.
1: After this, you mean like a few days after this? That's right. Our bonus show.
0: That's right. Yeah. The cabin, not the cabin. Cabin's fucking gone. Um, oh, the cabin might be a good thing that we could release too. Later on. Yeah. That's right. And the mushroom. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's the red pill roundup Graham went to the red pill and I went to Ontario and we're going to, uh, we're going to sum those little trips up. Graham's is a lot more eventful and, and, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for relevant than my trip, but I've still got a couple good stories if mm-hmm. I can remember. Um, yeah. So that'll come on a couple of days after this. You're welcome. So what do you got? Let's start with a quick biohack.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. You want to get into that? Or do you want to sure.
0: roll into other shit? No, first? let's do that. Sure. I like to play that. I haven't heard that jingle in a while, so we're... Oh, shit. Well, I gotta say, Felix's jingles have been inspiring me to be a better better bio biohacker. That's right. And we are putting your shit in the show notes, Felix. It's coming. Brown's being lazy, but he's gonna oh, do yeah, it this week. Oh, yeah, me, yeah. And uh, we'll get you in there as the official jingle guy of America. But that doesn't mean other people can't say jingles. Anyone can send jingles. Yeah. So I challenge someone to usurp... Felix. Felix. Well,
1: we need to keep an ongoing list, list of king. jingles
0: that we would like. We like should requests. generate that someplace. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, so much to do. We need an intern. I know. We need. <laughs> okay.
1: So what did I do on Monday?
0: What did you do on Monday? Yeah. I don't know.
1: I've been sort of threatening to do that. Not threatening, but On Monday? Yeah.
0: Swat for bio? a biohack.
1: No, for a biohack. Fast? No. Oh I, no, I want to do some more fasting though, for sure. I listened to a great podcast on fasting. Wow. <clears throat> the
0: benefits are incredible. C five?
1: No, no. Something about coffee?
0: Oh, you did a coffee enema? Yeah. Jesus Christ, really? Yeah. How'd it go? It was good. Yeah, it was.
1: It was a little more calm, like you know, it was a little more normal and calm than I thought it would be. Thought it might feel a little weirder than it did.
0: Ooh, it didn't feel weird.
1: Yeah, a little bit. It felt like you're gonna like when the coffee was going in, you felt like you're gonna sort of get gas. Pretty bad or something at first, but then it calmed down, and I just left it in there for like twenty minutes. For twenty minutes, yeah. Rubbed my. Did you do it yourself? Well, no, my girlfriend was here to help. She did it. She
0: did the insertion, Sorry. like. But I could do. I'll do it you myself next a, time. But I just wanted somebody's help. So you just help. put a tube in your ass and a funnel and dump. No, it I off ordered
1: a, ordered an enema bag from Amazon.
0: It came from. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Prime thing? <laughs>
1: No, oh, it came from India, from like health and yoga or something like that. Because they're not really available locally. Like, you know, you have to go to a no special kidding. pharmacy store or whatever. So I was talking to my good friend, Darren, actually, who's been doing it quite a bit. And okay. he inspired me as well. And he was telling me how he had a hard time finding a good bag. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, just filled it up. Were with like, wired? With coffee. I was, I had a lot of tons of energy. I was like, I felt clean after. I felt... I light? Did you poo? Well, what do you mean? Like
0: after? Well, yeah. So, <laughs> so for thing? 15
1: minutes, is in there. I was rubbing my intestine, right? <laughs> and down? rubbing my no. I was, up my, down? I was in the tub sideways with one <laughs> leg up. Oh, and yeah. then I got a, I got up and that down that afterwards. Don't, I kind of don't, don't don't jump around. Jumped up and down a little right. bit, trying to swoosh it around. <laughs> and then you just get on the toilet and you expel it, and it just. <laughs> Like it's a little harder uh, than I thought. I thought it would just come flowing out. Like I actually felt like I had to go to get it out. The and coffee? Then, yeah. And, and everything else that comes out with it. Right. From your
0: intestines. Uh, it must have been
1: jibbering, jabbering. I actually was quite, Bobby yeah, gobble, I had, gobble, I had, gobble, I had, gobble, I had like subtle energy there.
0: Yeah. Cause they say if you, if you, uh, see, there goes the mic thing again. Fuck. If you what? If you uh supposit if you supposit alcohol, you could just do like one shot and you're all fucked up.
1: Yeah. And I did have a hard time sleeping that night.
0: You yeah, did? Yeah, yeah I And I had a
1: little bit of extra gas the next couple of days. But uh but yeah, I feel good. I feel good. Huh. And I'm gonna do it again for sure. Keep doing it. There's a, you know, not just do it a few times to get sort of back to Kind of reset everything and then maybe do it every couple of So what exactly is months.
0: that doing then? So
1: it's, well, it's astringent action, action, right? It kind of, there's a top layer of mucus that's in there that it kind of gets rid of, right? And then there's a mechanical cleansing that happens as well. It's got antioxidant effects. Increased pH or alkalinity, which I've been trying to do as well without that, just through diet. And then... Uh, also, palmitic acids, palmitic and then uh, acids. yeah, and then there's a chloric. Oh, how do you say that? Chloretic? chloratric effect of caffeine. So there's an effect of caffeine in there as well. And then it contains. It helps you with supplementing selenium and zinc. And there's a Chinese meridian effect. As far as acupuncture that go goes as well. Protection against toxins. There's a yang effect. I won't get into reading all these, but this is from Ben Greenfield Fitness, so I followed sort of his instructions as well, so I'll link to that in the show notes.
0: Uh, I thought Ben was going to come on the show.
1: no <laughs> yeah, he was, but I don't think we're by, I don't think we're, we look to be, we, I don't think we appear to be quite the health and wellness podcast, you know, we're probably not in
0: his, uh. Why, because of the doobie? Probably. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, he partakes
0: in that, too. Does he? Yeah. Are you calling out Ben Greenfield for smoking pot on the show?
1: He would, he would admit it, probably. Yeah, he's talked so. about it, yeah. Huh. So there's also a sympathetic nervous system relaxation, improved hydration, reduced auto-intoxication, assisting the lymphatic system, and yeast and other parasite elimination from the colon. Better skin and meditation. But yeah, see, he's just putting that, like, meditation there. Is it, like, After you can... the
0: coffee wears off, Yeah, have better meditation. No, he's saying you can meditate during it or something. You're too wired. You' probably barely sit still after you get that shit out of your ass, yeah, no, I was feeling pretty good yeah. after yeah huh.
1: I'm also trying to kick wheat and 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 grains grains and wheat, but it it's hard to it's in more shit than you realize, yeah, but it's helping, I think as well
0: yeah i I watch well, use my bread pretty carefully.
1: I've been trying different uh, grain-free breads and gluten-free breads. But not that hey, I, it's bread. not because of gluten; it's because of grain, really. Like, yeah, I'm trying to, and I'm eating more rice. and making my own rice pudding. And uh, you remember that episode we so did about to the wild
0: rice and no more white potatoes. Hmm. So, I do still sweet potatoes and yeah. Fuck, fuck! Shh, don't. don't... Mike is driving me crazy. I know, but we, you know, we're doing a podcast here. I know. But people are going to be able to understand what I'm saying, because my mic is fucking broken. Well, now it's fine. I know, because I swore at it, and it's scared. Oh, boy. So, what else you got? This mic is going to drive me crazy. Well, we're going to finish off this intro here, anyways. That's like 20 more minutes. Okay, maybe it's okay now. Yeah. No, but maybe
1: it's, it's where where you're uh, going towards it. No? No. Okay, anyways, I've got a couple other things to share. I've got a couple of UFO quotes if you want, a couple small ones oh, yeah, that are go good. let's go to that,
0: and then I can play around with my shit. Down and Graham are going deep. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. Words to ponder and critique profound UFO
1: quote of the week all right I got a couple small ones here one from the CIA and one from the FBI so it says here in view of the wide interest within the agency outside knowledge of agency interest in flying saucers carries the risk of making the problem even more serious in the public mind than it already is and that was from a CIA memo in 1952. And also in 1952, an FBI memo on UFOs, some military officials are seriously considering the possibility of interplanetary ships.
0: There you have it, buddy. There you have it. Um, I wonder if... Are you like a Jesus... Are you like a government shill now? you always doing the FBI, CIA. Well, because
1: I feel like that's part of what people need to wake up, that these government agencies have been talking about this for a long time, for decades. This is back in 52. They had the Robertson panel and everything in 52. And they talked about, I was going to read this big document from the CIA reading room, but it's just too much right now for this episode. Maybe we'll save it for something else. But it talks about what they... What they discussed, like, oh, it's not really, uh, there's not really a problem with security, but, uh, there's a public, um, and political perception problem with this. So we got to shut it down basically. And this is in the fifties. In the fifties? Yeah. Early fifties. 52. And Good don't year. forget the CIA was created in 47, right? After Roswell. I mean, there's gotta be, there's not a coincidence there. There's yeah. a whole bunch of changes in 47 with the whole political and military establishment Right after Roswell, like whatever Roswell was, something, something happened. I'm not saying it was E.T. or, you know, whatever.
0: I think it's the E.Q. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, I just bypassed that and it seems to be better. We'll see. Okay. I told you that I thought that E.Q. was, was it just doing it again? Yeah. Yeah, Fuck. Anyways, this is not the
1: episode for this. So I also got uh, a long trip report to read. So why don't I?
0: Uh, why don't I get you into do? that? You got yeah. the long one from our buddy Kilgar.
1: Yeah, Kilgar. No, he's got a pronounced pronunciation here. Kilgar. Kilgar. Is that the? Is that how do you do? Gh. <laughs> <laughs> he says
0: that's how you do gh and ah. Oh. He
1: says pronunciation. I thought I would clear that up and several people choke on my handle. Was there a pun in there? Kilga R. I'm not sure if there was a pun. I uh, I don't know if I can go on like this. Yeah, you can. It's, it's barely doing anything.
0: You sure? Yeah. Just or are we gonna just, get emails.
1: We're going to get emails because of your reaction every time. So just let it go. Okay. Let it go. Like it water go. under the bridge let or the like cloud go. going through the sky. <laughs>
0: Unbelievable. With attached appreciation. Down. So you want <clears throat> to? Psychedelics
2: are
1: catalysts of consciousness. Now we're not advocating drug use here in Great America, but if people want to partake, uh, we're, you know. What are we to say, right? I mean, no, but there's a lot of drugs that are awakening, awakening, like plant medicines and stuff like that, and mushrooms and acid and all, where people have some awakenings.
0: Mushrooms can help out with a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, definitely. weed never hurt anybody help out with some problems? I would advocate that before you go and get on an opiate, try some weed. See if that helps, depending on the legality in your region. Yeah,
1: harm reduction. So, Graham and Darren, I'm really torn between two camps. Taking the shot would result in absolute proof there is Bigfoot, but letting it go would allow the legend to live on. I guess I'll decide over a coin flip which side I'm on. I would certainly shoot a wolf in, though. These are just plain weird. The chats are a lot of fun, and you have a great group of participants. That is a constant source of entertainment for me. I would suggest a bunch of shout-outs, but instead... I'll attempt to weave their chat names into the recounting of my trips. I have several reports to submit, starting with my first acid trip, then my very traumatic mushroom trip, <clears throat> which we won't get into uh, more than a brief summary because it wasn't fun and I don't remember much of it. Then my ayahuasca trips, followed by my sapo, sapo, sapito, sapito, or, or I don't know toad. What that is. I guess it's from a toad, and there are some synchros built into oh, these that's stories. like in the toad. Probably. Most of my daily interactions with the world has some sort of synchro that acts like a mile marker on my journey down the right path. It has become pretty strange living life this way, considering sometimes I have to tell people around me to just trust me when I have an intuition. Usually those intuitions come from a synchro that I experienced. Sometimes my spidey sense will tingle and I'll have some intuition of a general scenario playing out that will allow me to mitigate disaster of some sort or another. I honestly have no clue how I became blessed with whatever the hell I'm blessed with, but it has come in handy. All right, enough rambling. Time for the first of many trip reports. First time down the rabbit hole. Age 15 to 16. Substance liquid acid. Location, Boulder Creek, California. My brother has always been the craziest of three of us, Rob being the middle son and I being the eldest of my mother's sons, but the youngest of my father's. There was some interesting turbulence in the family between my parents in regards to my brother and I. Typically our dad being of the they'll be fine mindset, while my mother was the standard my baby is so fragile mindset. Admittedly, I have lived to regret a lot of adventures my brother would instigate, and I did always live through them. Maybe a few new mental or physical scars I didn't really need. Growing up in Boulder Creek, California is full of risks that a city dweller wouldn't encounter and certainly redefines the word risk to any urban dweller in comparison. This time we were pushing to have me spend the night over at this house for St. Patty's Day so that we could commute to work the next day without having him to go out of his way to pick me up. We worked together for a few months back then at Fiat Parts Distributor in Santa Cruz. We eventually went due to... To a tie-breaking vote from our dad, oh, we, we eventually win. Due to a tie-breaking vote from our dad, mother, as usual, was not pleased. She would have flipped if she knew my brother's friend was joining us. Let alone, let alone that we were planning to dose. sir." So I remember feeling that sinking feeling of anxiety, like I was a plane that was falling to earth, with me inside. I was always an anxious kid, so I had learned to just white-knuckle it and move on rather than fall behind and be called a coward. Sometimes I would succumb to my anxiety and regret missing out on life, though. That evening would be the beginning of the end for me and my virgin mental state. Two doses of liquid, acid later, and I'm watching Six Feet Under on Cinemax, realizing how fake the show was. I could see how the lighting would change based on the mood the director was trying to convey and how actors would look at each other and back toward the camera direction. How the feelings were forced and sometimes, and other times, were almost genuine. Michael C. Hall has always been a shallow actor, perfect for Dexter. I might add that this experience had jaded my ability to enjoy cinema. It's very rare I find a movie or TV show that can trick me into believing it. By this time, I was starting to feel different than usual. Things seemed more vivid and had a deeper meaning to them. The whole ten feet between the couch where the three of us sat and the refrigerator seemed like an impossible distance to traverse. Me being completely new to acid had no idea what the stuff was about and decided that it would have to melt through the floor and rematerialize in front of the fridge. My brother called out to me, ''What the fuck are you doing?'' I responded, ''I'm melting.'' He laughed and asked me to melt me a beer on your way back over here. So there it is. My higher purpose in the universe is to get my brother a beer. I complied to his request, but somehow drank his beer on the journey back. Pain is such a detached experience when you're on acid. I don't remember my brother punching me in the arm for backwashing into his beer. I just remember the room room turning weird colors and waves like the ocean just swooped over me and was throwing me through the surf. This is when things started to get interesting and also when my memory started to fade aside for some, for, from some specific moments that stayed with me. Later on that evening, I had to relieve myself of the dinner I had eaten per my brother's suggestion. I followed up that experience with a shower. Dear listeners, if you have not already, I highly suggest taking a shower while tripping balls. That is, of course, if you have the constitution to do things alone while in Wonderland. My brother had cautioned me to not gaze in the mirror and had gone the extra measure to put a towel over the medicine cabinet cabinet mirror. Towed off all the water from my shower and put my clothes back on before I disregarded his warning. At first, my skin was waxy and gross, almost putrid. I had unexpected... I had expected an unnerving sight, so I was almost prepared for what my eyes began to take in next. I began to notice my face separating into two regions. The area from my nose to my brow looked like my father's, and the area below the nose to my chin looked like my mother's face. Then several different faces began to emerge from my own. My grandfathers, my grandmothers, my brothers, my sisters. It was too much, but I couldn't look away as all little strangers manifested themselves with my only my eyes being the only detail that remained mine. Thankfully, my brother interrupted this show of existential identity theft. Dude, I told you not to look into the mirror. You start seeing the weirdest shit when you do. So what did you see? I explained to him the best I could about the faces, and he laughed and said, You're such a fucking dork. Let's go outside and look at the trees in the wind. Later that night, after hours of shenanigans and failed attempts to draw in my notebook, we grew tired and started settling in for bed. My brother said, this is the part of the trip you deal with alone, in a stoic voice. Our buddy was laying on the living room floor between myself on the futon and the television with my brother's circa 1980 stereo system complete with red LEDs and a full graphic EQ. As I lay in the darkness, our buddy snoring louder than a chainsaw with the stereo just loud enough to overcome his rasp, the only light in the room coming from the stereo system, I started to see above me a dance of lights and colors when you press. Like, just like when you press your eye too hard on your eyes. Okay, shapes began to form. My life started to play out in front of me. I could remember conversations with our old acid head teacher from school in dream class. Dick Hera, Talking about the archetypes of dreams and acid trips. And then about the time that, and about that time... That song by Kylie Minogue came on, Can't Get You Out of My Head. It started to plan. I noticed the colors and lights above me to take shape. There was a white pegasus in the distance flying. I could hear it telling me fear is the mind killer. And I wasn't afraid until that moment. Then I could feel this pressure starting to build around my feet and legs. Like I was being constructed or tied down. Constricted, is obviously what he meant. The squeezing feeling slowly made its way up to my thighs, then my hips, then my stomach. I was paralyzed with fear, staring up at this great white horse, staring in terror as it flapped its wings above me. As the constricting tightness finally wrapped itself around my shoulders, my entire body paralyzed, and my breathing coming in shallow gasps as a giant head comes into view between me and the horse. I just stared paralyzed into this white snake's face while it squeezed the life out of me, terrified and paralyzed. So many things started to race through my head, my life, other things, things I was grateful for, things that I regretted. All the while I could hear the horse insisting, don't be afraid or you will die. I stared up at the snake and the snake stared back at me. Its grip began to relax slightly as I worked on clearing my mind and pushing back the fear. With every grasp of air I forced to take slowly, the grasp of the snake would reduce more and more. Eyes still locked on each other. It left me with an impression or feeling, not words. I knew somehow Snake and I were connected. I knew I could die in this body, but that I would continue on. The idea of I, of the self, was separate from the soul. The I slowly drifted off to sleep, succumbing to exhaustion. That evening had always stayed with me, coming to mind during tough times. From being deployed to Iraq and the close calls that came from that experience, to the near-misses here at home while commuting to work... Whenever my life is truly in danger, a sense of calm comes over me. I almost react to the moment without thinking. Oftentimes, a tense situation will unfold and I'm left reflecting on what happened rather than participating in the moment. I've always left feeling fear after the fact, but never in that moment. So there you have it, dear listeners, my long-winded trip report. Did you find the Discord reference in there? You'll need sharp eyes and keen hearing to find it. Maybe that was a second reference just now. Who knows? Thank you, Graham and Darren, for your time.
0: Sean Chamless, a.k.a. Kilgar. His sharp eyes and keen ears, is that Adam Loyal's? Well, maybe. Oh, Mr. Owl. Mr. Owl, yeah. Mr. Owl. Now you're doing it. Ah, loser. Now I'm doing what? Crackling. Yeah.
1: I don't think so. Maybe I think that's just, just you coming close, yeah. What? So you didn't catch the other ones, too? There was a couple other ones in there. Oh, uh I don't think I should reveal them though.
0: No, you shouldn't reveal them. People can rewind it over and over and over again if they see see fit.
1: So yeah, thanks for the trip report. It's interesting how it's like so many people feel that oneness, right? That uh like you're one, maybe. You know, like the you can't one. really die. Like your, you know, energy more than the physical body.
0: Definitely how I feel most Mm -hmm. of the time.
1: So he was talking about the chats. That's, um, we used to try Google chats. So we have a perpetual chat going on for people that don't know, right? (laughs) Used to be Google chats, but we got limited to 150. So now it's on
0: discord. There's a link in the show notes. I think it's greatamerica.ca slash chats or chat.
1: I think I tried chats and it didn't work last time. So I'm trying it right
0: now. Keep talking.
1: Keep talking. Anyways, there's fun times in there. Darren and I pop in and out. Darren spends more time in there. I've, uh, get in there when I can.
0: America.ca slash chats. Uh okay. With an S. So that'll be in the show notes as well? Yep. And the chats get special privileges sometimes. Like what? Well, like this intro. We're streaming it live to the to the what? A couple of people in the chat. On what platform? Spreaker.
1: Yeah. Huh. Thanks, well, Spreaker.
0: Cost us a fortune. We might <laughs> as well fucking use it. We signed up for it for the what's it called?
1: For the passport.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah.
1: Or no? Or was it for Randall?
0: Ra, nah, I can't remember. Either way, we might as well just keep it and start using it more. You know. Yep. <coughs> is that it?
1: Oh yeah, I got.
0: Does he have more you know, trip report?
1: That, well, there's more coming. This is part one, right? So oh. we're looking forward to hearing the rest for sure.
0: Yeah, that was a good one. It was very uh, well articulated.
1: So, uh, do you uh, want to do anything else, or should we wrap this sucker up? <coughs>
0: for I support. I think that's about it. Uh, uh, you should for support. You for support. That's about it. Or is he, uh... If they make you laugh, if they make you cry, if they blow your mind, <coughs> why not go online to grimerica.ca slash support. Yes. So check out grimerica.ca slash support, guys. There's a bunch of different monthly options there. Everything from a buck a month, 30 bucks a month. Uh, We've got people in at all different levels that are really toeing the line and helping pay our operating costs and chip away at our investments and things like that. One-time donations too. Yeah, our people do the one-time donations help. We've got our swag, americaca America.ch slash swag. I think someone bought a Take the Shot shirt today, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's good gonna I should keep a tally. Actually, I think I might be pulling ahead. I don't think so. No, probably not. There's still more. More people want to save Sasquatch. Yeah, then take the shot. I'll do another poll. You have yeah, won every poll so far. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So check out the sport cage, guys, if you can. uh We got a bunch of people. We got Felix, King of Jingles, help out with all jingles and things like that. Uh, but yeah, it is really is these guys you you folks that sign up for the monthlies that. That help us keep going. There's also a
1: bunch of links in the in the show notes for other stuff like reviewing the show or leaving yeah, voicemails. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got a new review, yeah. Yeah, that I think the reviews really help. Like I think when we try and book guests and stuff, that, you know, some people might go check and it does help for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you have time, review the show wherever you can, share the show wherever you can. We we'll probably start uh releasing an extra show a month people that do support the show yeah we have saying thanks yeah we're looking at doing something a little extra that's going to be coming soon these people that have been supporting the show for a couple years without them you know we probably would have faded away a while ago so we've been thinking of a way to pay them back we're talking about maybe doing a wall of donors and things like that and we just said fuck it we'll just start doing throwing some extra bonus episodes in there we'll throw the mushroom show in that feed and we'll try and record an extra show a month maybe two shows a month when we can uh but we'll do at least an extra show a month and throw it into that feed and of any, anyone who's a current subscriber right now or if you've made a donation in the past you can you can let us know that'll probably won't, probably won't roll out for next by the end of july we'll roll that out
1: well, we'll try and do it within a month. I mean, we're yeah. still working on the details, we'll but shoot, we're trying we'll to figure out a August way to, to be yeah. the first
0: month yeah. with the bonus content. July yeah. will be too crazy. Yeah, But by, by August, we plan on doing some sort of bonus content to say thank you. And to be honest, you know, stimulate... Um, Maybe a little bit more support because, you know, we've got to pay off debts and stuff in here, right? Yeah. And we've got big plans. You know, we've got different ideas we'd like to do that all cost money and... At our current rate, it's just not going to happen. Yeah,
1: it's it's barely sustainable, but it's not really, you know,
0: yeah, enabling us to pay off debt or grow. So that's right. It's well, it's it's very low. I mean, and, and that's not saying we're not complaining. We're not complaining. The people yeah. that you you guys we we're amazed that anyone supports the show at all, and that's that's the main reason we want to release bonus content is to say thank you to those people that do have been towing the line. And uh, at the same time, if we can course, you know, the the low percentage rate we we get now up to a higher percent with some more people supporting the show, uh, yeah, and we would never a change pressure it. on yeah. this. set. we're will yeah. ne- never uh, change this uh, affect this show. For, this yeah. show is always going to come out every Friday ish. Uh, the back catalog is always going to be free. This show is always going to be free. There's never going to be ads in it. We're just going to start up a black budget separate feed. That's going to have episodes with me and Graham in it.
1: But I guess you're rolling it out now then, eh?
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, and that's when that's what supporters are going to get. Like I say, it doesn't matter if you're a buck a month or 30 bucks a month, or if you made a one-time donation, you get the URL and you're in the club. We're not going to do the set amount or blah, blah, blah. You know, if you're on a, on a plan and you get the URL and, and you... Get tight, and you have to cancel your subscription. We're not going to track you down, or no. It's still it, value for value, still right? Value, like, value. We yeah. just
1: want to. We trust I mean, people that look. If you want that extra content, if you yeah. want to do a buck a month, or five bucks a month, or ten bucks a month, then we'll yeah, we'll trust just, you, and whatever, whatever value you, you think donation, you're getting, every once in yeah. a
0: while, Whatever you know, as long as you you do, you something. You're getting the link, and we're never going to take it away. Yeah, and like I say, we'll we'll populate that with at least a show a month, and. And if it goes well, we'll, we'll, we'll increase it as we can. And we'll we'll look at, as we look at different ways, I mean, we've got, I've I've talked to a couple people and got some great ideas for some of the kinds of content we can do along with bonus shows. Like we're never going to sneak interviews into there or anything like that.
1: Oh yeah. We might. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We might. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we have, we have too many interviews lined up, right? Like we can't, so we'll keep, we'll keep, we have the potential to, right? We have, we'll keep this going we'll keep like it all. we'll keep four or five going in this feed for sure, like we normally do. It'll be the same. Nothing. But, changing, we, but sometimes we have to squeeze other interviews in and we that'll be a place for us to release the odd interview. And there
0: is the odd interview that maybe isn't proper for this platform too.
1: That's the other thing too. We could get a little bit more
0: controversial extreme or controversial or creative over there where we're not gonna yeah. Piss off our base yeah. too much. Yeah, maybe some political stuff there. From oh, I don't know, I don't we'll know how bad that'll get, but yeah. I can definitely think of one or two. If we are going to keep it open for interviews, I can think of a couple and I can think of it as a place to rant. It's I can't rant here. I can rant here about certain things, but not others. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's going to happen. So, uh, I hope you guys don't think, take that as us turning our back on value for value. We look at it as enhanced value for value.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, um, yeah Uh, thank you to our supporters and you can look forward to in the next month I'll get all the emails together and I'll get ready as I set up the new feed I'll email you all the RSS and it'll go into your regular podcast player just like you have right now it'll pop out same logo maybe I'll throw like a cloak over it or something
1: yeah we gotta
0: we gotta switch it up up a a little bit yeah
1: yeah we'll figure out we'll change it to
0: black and white
1: no, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Let's we'll see. Yeah, let's we'll talk me. to
0: Red. Yeah. So, all right, guys. I think that's about it. We should jump into it. Run along, and we're going to record uh, another show right after this. So, uh, was there anything else? No, I think that's it. <laughs> I didn't get played. play. So well, let's Enjoy just do this. It. Graham is an all-in believer no, in chemtrails. Chemtrails. And I do have the blah blah ISO, finally. Uh, so if you did want the blah 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 email me again and I will send it to you and I can send you the long version or the single cut
1: right on buddy enjoy this interview with Neil
0: it a great yep, it's a great one and look uh, look forward to a bonus episode later a in, in a few days yeah, yeah.
1: we <laughs> Neil Kramer here tonight. Super excited. We've been well, hoping to chat with him for a couple of years now. I'm going to read some of this from his bio, actually, because it's really the best place. Like this kind of this first paragraph here just kind of describes exactly what what he's talking about. So Neil teaches uh, the s- supernal. no, oh, see, I already got it. S- s- now, I can't. How do you pronounce that, Neil? Supernal. Right. OK, I was right. Supernal method, the supernal path. He's a philosopher and esotericist. He focuses on spirituality, mysticism, and metaphysics. A lot of you guys have probably heard him before. He explores the relationship between our inner development and the social and cultural factors that influence our lives. Like, it's really good timing to have him on. And, he, you know, his attention is drawn to embracing truth, confronting challenges, and transforming self. And, of course, he does this through his website, writings, audio, He's got the Rome cast, and uh, yeah, he's out there on the internet, lots of great chat. So it's really, really, we're really happy to have you here, Neil. Thanks for coming on the show.
2: It's my pleasure. It's great to be with you. Uh, it's my first time talking to you guys, so I'm uh, excited to to uh, have a great conversation
0: with you.
1: Yeah, sorry about that little flub up there. I was just looking at the wrong That's all word.
0: Right. <laughs> That's <all> right. <laughs> yeah, flub ups are just a thing around here. Yeah,
1: I get used to it. I can't take it personally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's life. It's yeah. full of them all over, so yeah. natural is good.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I just, I just love your work. Like the you, you, uh, you um, articulate stuff that's going on in my head so well, right. Especially when it comes to this time, like we were talking just a little, about, little bit before we started recording about what's happening in our, in our culture and, and, you know, about spiritual growth and how that overlaps with that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's really important not to take things personally, but we have to be discerning as well. I mean, how do you, how do you like, where are you at right now with your, um, with your work and having to wrap this, uh, this polarization in our culture into that.
2: Well, it's been fascinating first and foremost. I think if you can depersonalize everything in life just for a moment and rise above the map, it's it's just so fascinating to see people's insides revealed and to see this mainstream uh, control system that I mm-hmm. call empire to see it kind of remove its mask. Yeah and show itself so it's it's unprecedented a lot of things that are happening and i think if if we're always campaigning and always pinning our colours to a certain place and you, you lose sight of it so the always to depolarize depersonalize to just you know go and sit on the mountaintop and just contemplate it then you start to realize that some very important things are happening so i mean the i work with people a lot uh probably 70 80 percent of my work is actually spent with individuals who um, engage me mm-hmm.
1: uh,
2: to offer uh, guidance and a focus essentially and that's this thing that I call a supernal path mm-hmm. and I, you know I've been working with people for about 15 years now and what we do is we talk about uh, life situations and metaphysical matters and deeper world affairs, the, the spiritual path and the connections between all those things. And if you just want the real essential core in, in plain English of what I do in myself and with others, it's very simple. We simply are aspiring to become better people. <laughs> yeah, Stronger, wiser, truer, to, to have healthier alignment, more harmony, more contribution. So that is what spirituality is to me. It's very as you might say, unadorned. It's very practical. It's very simple. It's not fancy. It's not complicated. It's very simple. And in this refining work that we do on ourselves, we come to more deeply experience the the mystery, the mystery of life in a deeper and more satisfying way. So, you know, there's certainly a higher element to the work. But you, again, you could basically say that... Um, What is that? Okay, it's self and soul that these two elements of one's being that have a profound connection. And when those two elements are working together, life is good. And when they are not working together, life is very difficult. So when I use the word alignment, what we're talking about is sort of cultivating the proper relationship between self, you know, being uh, Neil Kramer, being uh, Graham, being Darren, and the higher aspects of oneself, uh, and having those two in proper relationship, and then when soul comes in, that opens this gateway to a, an even higher force, which we could simply call divinity, or the creational source, or God, or the original emanation. I call it the, the you know, the thought of supreme beauty. So, the supernal path is just my word. Supernal just means from above. Uh, you know heavenly something we look up to something we aspire to so just like a- anybody could aspire to be a great musician or poet or athlete or explorer or writer or whatever you know to to aspire to something is very very healthy impulse um and as i say that that work is is really just focused on the the ongoing refinement of our foundations uh, and our disciplines and our powers so i in my work, I, I often try and take very complex things and distill them into the really the simplest, most truthful, most elegant form that I can. So I would say that what we all have in common, you, you know us three and all the listeners and all the people who are gonna encounter this conversation one way or another, what we all have in common are our foundations, which is our home, our work, and our relationships. We all have those three major factors that determine our happiness in life mm-hmm. and our alignment we all have those and the question is how aligned are they your home your work your relationships how aligned are they with your truth your own truth and that's a very personal choice so you can just ask yourself you know on a week by week basis you know do your home work and relationships reflect your inner state your metaphysical aspirations, as we say, your vision of excellence. Is this
1: the gap you're talking about? The gap between the two is kind of like and if you if you can get people to reduce that gap and find their right. their solar path and then that's, then stuff is gonna happen.
2: That's right. It's as simple as that. And what people do is they don't have a vision of good home, good work, good relationships, and just drift. You know, they just drift from one kind of set up to another, and I've done it too. I know what that's like in both ends of the spectrum. Um, But those foundations are, are a demonstration of our art of living. So there's no reason why anybody can't have a really excellent set of foundations, none at all. And those foundations are the building blocks of many things. So the foundations lead to disciplines disciplines of insight growth and empathy and those disciplines lead to powers magical powers of vision translocation and transmutation so these three forces all connect to each other but everything is built on those foundations so when you're talking about those things we talk about everything we talk about politics nutrition music home mothers and fathers kids brothers and sisters sex, emotions, you know, um, artistry, everything. So the foundations we all share, so everyone has a way into that spiritual path. It doesn't begin with the fancy stuff. It begins with the very rudiments that everyone has. So as I say, I demand that practicality of my own spiritual life. And I, you know, strongly recommend it to other people. So that is the basic work that I do is the, refinement of these three forces, our foundations, our disciplines and our powers.
1: It's, uh, it's interesting that they to if you work with people, then you're, are you seeing them like, as you reduce the gap, let's say, and you're seeing yeah. true transformations in these people, like people are finding, you know, this, this improvements. I mean, I, I got to tell you about sure. hanging around people that are working on themselves is so refreshing compared to, being in those environments where they're not, I mean, you can find those groups of people and I've met some people that I well, you know, they're almost, it's almost more of like a spiritual slash new agey crowd, but in a way they're more, way more grounded than I would have expected.
2: Yeah. The, the, the test always with people who work on themselves is that it's not just endless theorizing and complex philosophy and psychology. Mm-hmm. It's very practical. Right. They're just strong, happy, uh, true men and women. So, you know, we use a word often in my work, remembrance. And I would say that the majority of the spiritual endeavor of a man, of a woman, is really about a a sort of remembrance, remembering why we're here and what we're doing, basically. To know that, you know, your life is not accidental. It's not just a, you know, a happenstance of circumstances. It's however easy or challenging your life is, you know, it's self-chosen, and, you know, we, we, we are here in this vast, I would say, sort of spiritual college. Here we are all together in this, you know, very, in a way, implausible and strange, but also wonderful learning environment. And, you know, people sometimes say to me, what makes you think, Neil, that this is divine? What, what is special about it? Why is it magical? Does it have to be? What, what if it's not just some giant dead clockwork material? accident, you know, and I say it's a simple answer. The giveaway is learning. Mm. The con- the constant and enduring invitation to learn and grow is built into every damn thing in life, ingeniously so. And it seems to me a very wise hand has very clearly wrought that into everything that happens in, as I say, in our foundations and in what we do in life and in our Invisible grief, or in our very, you know, out external elation and humor in the seasonal ritual cycles of life, in everything. And when we even entertain the idea that life is mysterious and magical and has a, a very important learning element and it's, you know, it's intelligently created, then this spiritual adventure begins. And though people who know that, will work on themselves and the people who you're talking about who don't, if we choose not to engage, then a person is given to simply sort of finding better stuff and making themselves more comfortable. So to me to disavow the gift of life, to decline the invitation to grow is leads to this amnesia, this concealment, a sort of, you know, terrible withdrawal and what I call empire, just, you know, the system of control loves those sort of robot people because they do exactly as they are told and they'll believe any old rubbish that they fed. You know, absolute dreadful stuff you see on the television now from people like Anderson Cooper and Rachel Maddow and Angela Merkel in Germany and Emmanuel Macron in France or, you know, celebrities like Alec Baldwin and Lena Dunham and people, absolute garbage, absolute claptrap. People who are living in disavowal the champions of empire. So the polarization of the media really exposes people's ability to self-determine. And those who cannot just fall into lockstep, you know, like soldiers with whatever campaign has got the loudest voice and the boldest colors. So to see people supporting Hillary Clinton, for me, was absolutely staggering absolutely incredible that anybody in any way shape or form can buy that for one second yeah. I'd, have, I'd have voted a tree stump as president rather than Hillary Clinton so that, that to me really shows where someone's at and if they're theorizing about spiritual life and philosophical life is just that, it's just theorizing if it is, this time will reveal it, for me it's not it's experiential And especially at this time of polarization, it absolutely exposes people's belief in themselves or disbelief. No one can hide anymore. They're showing you every day in the street and in the workplace and on the television, on the radio. Everybody is showing their true colors. And boy, oh boy, it's very surprising. Yes,
1: it's it's, it's unbelievable how how polarizing it gets and how really the veil is lifting. Like it's so easy to see the lies now. It's like blatant, blatant lies. And yet, you know, these people that I thought would have been, you know, let's just say there might've been some Bernie, Bernie supporters or people that might've been open to some of this sort of, uh, alternative, um, you know, like everything, not let's say non system, non empire. Right. Yeah, where are they? Like they've become so polarized too, just because of you know who who won. Like it's 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 so so if 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 that would have changed, they would have been completely in a different space as far as you know um, banking or environment or whatever. Like it's so amazing to me that so many people are well, a lot of people are waking up as well to the lies and seeing through the media and then leaving that paradigm behind. I mean, we do see the the decrease in that for sure. But the amount of other people that are, that are just stuck is, it just blows me away that they can't, they can't see through it or they don't I want to. I, I think it's, they don't want to see through it. I think.
2: I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. They don't want to, what people want is to vote for somebody to follow somebody, but to follow a prescription to go with the program. And they want, you know, viable leaders who can make that happen. What Donald Trump does is upset that completely upset that because he spoiled the illusion
1: Yeah.
2: because he doesn't, if it was Mitt Romney, it, it would be okay. Right. Because he's just exactly what you'd expect from a conservative. Yeah. Go with the program. Looks like everybody else will say the right thing. He's a nice statesman. He's a decent family man, all that. Hillary Clinton, same thing, just continuation. So if it was, somebody like Mitt Romney, if it was somebody uh, like Hillary Clinton, it's an absolute guaranteed continuation of empire, absolutely guaranteed. What Trump does is upset the apple car because people have basically said, there's very few people who believe that Donald Trump is going to be a supreme statesman who voted for him, very, very few. The reason many people who I've spoken to, especially face-to-face, not anecdotally, but me talking to them, first-person experience, first-hand historical experience. Most people I've ever met walking across America since November voted for Donald Trump, most people, even in Portland and Seattle, right? And those people said to me, I voted him because this has to stop, this system. It has to stop. And many of the people that I speak to – Realize that things we think we knew what they were, like affordable health care or the Environmental Protection Agency (laughs) or the Federal Bureau of Investigation, are not those things at all. And so when Trump comes in and messes them up, that's a good thing because they're not what they purport to be. Affordable health care is not about affordable health care. The FBI does not protect... National security and the Environmental Protection Agency—the last thing that does is protect the environment. That's the last thing it does.
1: It's not even so about when, left or right. It's about those no, principles, right? Like the, it's about the principles that,
2: that the core establishment and the core process that has been in place for since Egypt, right through to Rome, right through to you know empires across Europe and Britain right through to here is unbroken. It's one system. And that system is fundamentally anti-human. It's a war system. And it has to have uh, a story for the people who don't want to engage to follow. Otherwise, they'd, you just end up with people mad in the street. And the story is so richly ornamented and so articulate that even intellectual people choose to follow it who should know better. Yeah. And even brave-hearted people who should know better choose to follow it. So whether you've got like a, you know, a Marxist intellectual or you've got a patriotic, uh, you know, Iraq war veteran, they both should know better. But because they've not been schooled in self-determinism and in individual power, they have to follow something. And so then you end up with this constant dichotomy, a false dichotomy. So one of the things that I try and do in my work is immediately break down the reference points of conservative and liberal of progressive and traditional. Just say, look, we're not even going to talk about any of that. That's all rubbish. All of it's yeah, garbage. It's all surface. Yeah. It's just nonsense. You know? <clears throat> so you, you have to check your reference points right from the beginning, right from the start. You have to say our basic assumptions about a well-established you know, two and 300 year old institutions in America and five and six and 700 year old institutions in Europe are wrong. They are wrong from the ground up. Mm. When you can can fathom that and deal with it, then you can have a dialogue. If somebody says, I can't accept that, you know, what's the alternative? That's nonsense. I can't go there. The dialogue ends at that point for me. So I, I just I choose not to engage. I'm very polite and very civil. I don't provoke. I'm not inter- I hate debating and arguing. I don't care to explain anything. I'm just not interested. I've got far better things to do, just creatively, you know, in nature and with my friends and family. I'm not here to win an argument or persuade or wake people up. I'm not. I'm not at all interested. But what this polarization does, as I say is reveal those who don't want to know the truth, who choose not to engage with truthfulness. And the numbers are staggering. It, it, it's nearly everybody. Num- it's nearly everybody.
1: The numbers of, of celebrities and musicians is what blows me away. Like, this is when they're all coming out. Like, I've, you know, I, those musicians that I used to love, like Pink Floyd or Madonna even, and all these, I mean, the list goes I on. Bono, Madonna, yeah. Pink Floyd. Um, all So, these-
2: from, some, from somebody like, Barbara Streisand or Meryl Streep, I wouldn't expect anything better or Madonna yep. for, for actual fact. But for somebody like Bruce Springsteen, I would expect him, if he has any sense of working class struggle and pride, you would expect him to do better than that. But it just shows you that even somebody with a big heart like him, I mean, he's not my cup of tea, but I believe he's a decent fella. Yeah. He's got it absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong on every level. Alec Baldwin, John Bon Jovi, George Clooney, Ellen DeGeneres, you know, Julia Roberts, all these people who we've grown up with in film and television have, have just champions of empire. But and all it, empire has to t- do is stand back and let them do it. Yeah, and and most it, people will believe it.
1: Are they doing it? How? Why, why are they doing it? This is the thing. Are they doing because it because they are, they're told because to do it? Or is it that, does no. it go that deep? Or are they just in the, they're so deep in that. Bubble. They're the just, they're they're just they're the same as they're, they're winning the
0: game. They're just
2: the same as anyone else. They have no idea what's going on. Those people who think there's this giant, ultra-sophisticated cabal of illuminist people, it, to me, that's nonsense. All empire has to do is allow the misinformed people to come to the front, and that's it. And they've got it. So, like I say, people, <laughs> I just don't like picking names out, but hopefully. If any of these people listen, they won't be upset. I don't usually do that. But if we're going to pick them out, we'll just pick people who, you know, should be thick-skinned enough. So people like Anderson Cooper, as I say, and Rachel Maddow in particular, have no idea what is occurring in the world. None. They are firmly entrenched in a a false paradigm. And that illusion is so vital to keep it going, to keep that engine turning around and around 24-7, that you have to have these uh, powerful voices who seem very earnest, you know, real sort of uh, penetrating inquiry and stuff to the, to the mainstream viewer, but not at all. It's, it's absolute garbage. So although they're reading scripted material, I, I know that they have no idea what's going on. So it's, it, you just allow the ignoramuses, through their own choice, ignorance is a choice, allow those people a big mouthpiece, and off you go, and you just stand back and let it happen.
1: Yeah, but isn't there some intentional, you know, philosophy going on here? Where, um, you know, when you when you hear, but spe- even like, let's just if we're going to throw out names, like Hillary's on doing a speech right now. She's on tour. She's talking about these three examples, let's say, and those are the exact things that 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 they're doing. They're accusing accusing the other side of the exact oh, same thing yeah. they're yeah. doing, and yeah. it's like she's learned this from that that. Uh, the guy she's read or something that basically it's this theory that, you know, you, you accuse the other of, and I mean, in a, in a spiritual Saul way, and it's all Linsky, I think, in a spiritual way, we, we all do it to some level. Like I, I think it, I notice when it happens to me, like I get upset at somebody and I'm like, this is what I do all the time. It could be tiny. It could be, <laughs> could be bigger, but I, I can see it in myself and others, but I think this is more intentional. This is like the, the, the part of the game.
2: It is. And, When the game gets very frenetic, people start to get serious, and sometimes it's a lot of fun, and sometimes it's dangerous, and people get hurt. So this is a prime example. As you know, before we go into any further detail on it, of this this in the supernal path that I teach, this spiritual method, we just have a a trinity. You know, the spiritual trinity. So many spiritual thinkers have. proposed this idea and I and I'm just doing my version of it just like everyone else mm-hmm. and the Trinity is self to which the current state of the world is is a very great concern to self right so if you watch the news and read the newspaper it's of a great great concern and if you move around the cities you know BC and uh, Seattle and Portland are the places I go. It's a great concern, huge problems. There's people blowing each other's brains out in Chicago every night. Huge concern. To Seoul, it's very fascinating. It's very mm. interesting, these movements. To the divinity aspect of us, the top layer, it's a game. It's mm. a game of learning. So the Trinity is always present all the time. If you just have self doing everything, you go around in circles. So you get someone who's very clever, like Noam Chomsky, but they miss that dimension. They just go round and round and round in circles. It doesn't go anywhere. The only understanding of it that makes sense to me is where there's this trinity of being, which I believe and feel is in every human, which is the self and the soul and the, the solar. So the solar in my cosmology is a pathway to divinity. So we often use this symbolism of the sun. So it's like a imagine a circle with a dot in the middle. That's the sort of alchemical symbol for gold. So it's also a reference to the sun. So solar, soul, and self. That trinity is always at play. And at the moment, self is being put under tremendous pressure to polarize. And everybody who does loses. So as soon as you polarize, you lose. If you're a dyed-in-the-wool this or dyed-in-it's, you lose. You can't. You can't see the truth at that point. So it's an exercise. This in equilibrium, in deconstruction, in putting your money where your mouth is, basically. Because if you think about in the early two thousands, everyone was very happy to conspiracy theorize. But now it's become right on our front doorstep. People see, suddenly seem to have forgotten about all that and think that we have actual democratic processes and actual governments that care for our well-being. That's not true. That's never been true. And it's like suddenly, when it's on your own doorstep, people seem to forget all the principles that they've been pondering for decades all get thrown out of the window. So it's a test of self, this. It's a test of self-determination to say, well, wait a minute, what is happening in Europe? Why are millions of people from the East moving westwards and destroying ancient cultures in Germany and France and Spain and Portugal and England and Ireland and Scotland? Why is that happening? Because that's suddenly just happened. And it's nothing to do with natural immigration or natural displacement through conflict, nothing to do with that. It's clear that why is that happening? And if you just follow that one thread of weaponized immigration, forget what color they are or where they're from, that's largely irrelevant, just the numbers of people who totally do not integrate and who totally have no interest in doing that, you can see the hand of empire, and it's right there, crystal clear in front of you. And it leads to everything, and all the whole shooting match is revealed. And still, people don't want to look at it. They just think that if you even question immigration, you are somehow a terrible racist, naturalist, you know, monoculture. What absolute garbage. Ra- racism is almost a meaningless word nowadays, almost totally irrelevant. So, again, it's all in front of you, and it's a test to check your foundations, to check your reference points, to not theorize, but to establish truth for yourself in your own life. And when you do that, a lot of the pressure disappears about Hillary and Donald and you know all these crazy right-wingers and all the crazy left-wingers who are even far worse to me at the moment. I've never seen anything like it. All of that problem starts to immediately depressurize. And all those people... You start to see that they've got lost, utterly lost in self and soul plays no role in what they're doing. They've lost equilibrium. So it's like an exercise. This it's like a test, you know, like the special forces are being put under fire and you know, you're going over the assault course and it's, it's throwing down with rain and it's bitterly cold and you're being stress tested
1: to see if you can do it. It's really hard though. Like I've, I feel like I had more equilibrium before. And now, well, it was easy now, before.
2: That's when it. Now you're under stress. Well, of course, now, you're going to lose it.
1: Well, yeah, but now, now the more I see the the lies in the media and that, it just pushes me the other way. Like I'm not even trying to go against that that whole mainstream narrative. But I mean, that's that's inevitably like. So I feel like, how do I not get polarized when, when, when I feel like following the truth leads you to, uh, you know, one side or the other?
2: Well, it doesn't. The truth is always at the point of equilibrium. The truth requires no explanation, no persuasion. It doesn't need anything like that whatsoever. It, it stands totally by its, on its own legs. It doesn't need defending. I, I do. I've never felt that the truth needs def- it doesn't, it will always, always win. It will always find its footing. It will always radiate what is real. Always. It, it cannot not do. As I say, the, the funny thing that I've, remarked upon to friends and family is that the huge discrepancy between what it looks like people are saying and thinking on this television and internet and what they actually say when i travel around in the car or at the airport or on a train or sit in cafes or go to people's houses or everywhere i go people saying the media's gone crazy we really can't trust them anymore like bbc and the cnn and Fox, and MSNBC, and all of that, it's gone. It's gone now, hasn't it? The New York (laughs) Times, they were lying. The Washington Post, they're liars. How, How strange. We're going to have to do something else now. Well, I suppose this has to happen because you can't reverse engineer something that's so rotten to the core that it just falls to pieces. What you have to do is start something new, something different, something else. So you have to really see that this deconstructive process is utterly essential, utterly essential. And there's no backwards engineering to this. if, you know, let's get Ron Paul in, you know, as a decent human being, as, as a senator or Rand Paul is, forget that. That's not going to happen in a million years. The only way it's going to happen is to completely supplant it with something else. You don't destroy it and go to anarchy. You already start to do the next thing. And that begins with education and food and power and the very, very simple physiological rudiments of life. So I have visited in the last year places where they're they're taking the power from the sun and the water, and they live in normal homes that look normal from the outside, but they're getting off the grid. The children do not go to school. What a disaster that would be. They don't go to school. (laughs) They have homeschool networks. They have independent charter school networks, which are really good. They may have quality Waldorf schools, which are the worst Waldorf school in the world is a thousand times better than the best mainstream school in the world. So they're thinking about that and saying, okay, next thing, we can't get food at the supermarket that's any good. It's hard to do that. We need to do it from something else. We need to have a cooperative market To do that. So they realize that the beginning of the new thing is a complete movement away from it. Just like a a free constitutional state is slowly moves away from federal law, like Arizona or Texas, for example, slowly inches away from the ridiculousness of Washington, DC, disconnected federal law. Communities are starting to do that in small ways here. On the West Coast, not in California so much because it's so rampantly crazy, even though some of my best friends and wonderful people are there. The government, I mean, is so potty that it's hard to establish stuff. But where there's a little bit more freedom of movement in, in Washington, Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, Arizona, places like that, communities, middle class communities, not just crazy hippie people working class, middle class communities are starting to inch away to think that's all rubbish, the whole thing. So rather than moan about it or campaign against it, go in the streets with signs, we're just going to start immediately building the alternative. And that's starting to happen on a a mass scale. And people, it's not being reported because it's a disaster for empire. (laughs) But I feel implacably optimistic because I've seen the, the tendrils and the roots of this delicate seed since it was 25 years old and now 20 years later it's getting traction so you don't you don't wait to see what's going to happen you create the alternative
1: yeah that's a good point um it reminded me of what you're talking about about uh Education, right? No, no learning. How that's a a core, you know, a core part of the divine, right? The giveaway Mm. is learning. So now, the last you talked about the last twenty years. Well, now we can learn whatever we want at our fingertips. That is, it's like whatever I want. Like I'm addicted to podcasts and and (laughs) doing these and learning about them. But I mean, it's a constant. Like I don't have that same desire for just like. Whatever sports or, or music, like I still like music, but it's the, I've got the addiction to just learning stuff right now. So how has that affected this whole spiritual growth and the movement? I mean, now everything, you know, I, I'm hoping that that's kind of giving us an advantage and a shift where people can actually, you know, get to that truth, their truth.
2: It totally is because learning's become an independent force now. We we realize now for the first time on a massive scale that having uh, to be degreed in something, to be a professor in something is unnecessary now. And in fact, it may even be an impediment to actual learning. Yeah. So because the information is at our fingertips, that's the first part. So the data is there. That's good. But the crucial element is to have the wise elders who can tutor us in knowledge and wisdom, two different things, in discernment and discrimination and refinement And have that uh, excellent tutelage in our lives, physically, in our lives. Uh, That's never happened. I've not seen that before until, as I say, the last 20 years or whatever. When I was a kid, there was zero of that. And I went to quite a nice school in England, one of the better ones in the area. And it was fucking shit. It was rubbish. And so God knows what the inner city schools were like in like Birmingham and Manchester and London. God knows what drivel Happen there. So,
1: so do you mean rubbish as far as education goes, or as far education. as the culture and the environment there? Like,
2: well, all of it. But I'm it? talking about the education. Right, the education right. was was absolute garbage. What a waste of everybody's time. What a disgrace it was. And I I remembered that. So when I walked out of those school gates at 16 for the last time, I thought, don't forget this. Don't just move on and start partying immediately. Just remember this moment. Just remember this feeling of what a lie all that crap was. And now I know, do not go to university. Do not degree yourself by imperial qualification. Instead, actually learn. Actually learn the crafts of philosophy and psychology and the crafts and art of spiritual, mystical, metaphysical practice. Learn that. And you're going to have to try twice as hard I'm saying this to myself, (laughs) because you have to discipline yourself. You can't just, you know, dip in and out and know lots of things in a small way. You must become a scholar. You must learn the art of the scholar. And what's, what's with the introduction of the Internet in the late 90s, so we've got the data, we've had that now for a while, but what we're starting to have now is some of the people who are 10, 20, 30 years older than us, we have the wise elders now independent for the first time. Yeah. So they're starting to the get into the education. guys. Right. They're starting to get into the education system and teach young men and women th- the beauty and power of the Renaissance human, the human being who is gifted in art and science and martial arts and music and history and is cultivating themselves they know about food and they know about drink and they know about biology and plants and gardening that's a complete human education and that does not happen at all anywhere in the mainstream nowhere people think they may do it but it's not the quality I would demand I have seen it though in independent quarters and the only way we can change anything is working with children that's the only way anything ever changes So for Donald Trump to dismantle the education system and defund it is absolutely brilliant. I could think of nothing better. And he's slowly but surely going about that. So he's not doing it in the way I know about. He's doing it in a totally different way, and goodness knows what's going through his mind. But every step of the way, when you see the bigger picture and you remember the illusion that most people are under... It couldn't. It couldn't be better. It could not be better. And even to see some of the strange things that are happening, like the lady said to me the other day. But, but how can you say that this is good with Trump, where he's you know rolling back privacy laws, so now the you know the government can spy on us more again? I said, well, Im- imagine this, imagine that. What's going to happen is there will be no CIA. There will no. There'll be no FBI, no NS. They're all going to go away. And something new is going to happen. So you have to make friends with the thing. Don't combat it. Make friends with it as you bring it down. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. So he's not a brilliant uh, tactician. He's not a illuminated strategist. He has two or three people around him who are, though. But for me, still, I, I wouldn't be putting, you know, uh, Make America sign Make America great, sign in my front yard. That's not going to happen. I've not got a Donald Trump sticker on my car. That's a, that's a, a dreadful and uh, you know, appalling waste of my gift of life. That What I'm going to do is concentrate on education because I know that's the big weapon. That's the big super nuclear weapon is education. And every single step of the way, wherever I come across somebody... I make that pathway available to the best of my abilities. And that's, that's permanent, last, lasting change. That's the only one that matters, really. Wow. You, have to, you, you have to embody it, though. You can't just talk about it. You have to lead by example, teach by example, yeah, which is an old... Walk You've got to walk the walk. You've got to embody it. And if you can, that's fine. You're just not ready yet. Keep studying. And then when you start to feel you are ready for certain things in certain disciplines then you put yourself forward for that and you join with others who can do so and and you begin to form and create the alternative already up and running already happening not a dream it's already happening today
1: a good example of that is jordan peterson right he used to be a professor and he's seriously contemplating not going back to that because he gets like 50 times uh-huh. more more views from his lectures on youtube right he's that's right. He's That's getting right. way more interest there. He can make way more of a difference in the world by doing that than going back to university.
2: And you're not Seems, yeah. you're not restricted in subject matter and delivery either. I can say whatever I want. This is your show. You can do exactly what you want, which is unheard of. Prior to 1995, that was impossible.
0: Hey, mushrooms, is, it, ones. <laughs>
2: But now that power at your fingertips to whether you want to eat mushrooms or whether you want to, you know, illuminate your audience, that free will is yours. And prior to that, you know, what would, what could you do? A pirate radio station maybe, you know, get a boat out. CDs, yeah, and, I remember and,
0: people and, having, like, bootleg cassettes yeah. way back in the <laughs> Just day. Just cassettes, handing cassettes out on a Rocket street corner. 99 was, like, cassettes. It was all bootleg cassettes, and it made it all the way across Canada. right which is great, but
2: it's tiny. It's tiny, tiny. Remember you used to get little fanzines and stuff. I used to get little pamphlets about hermetic wisdom and it was like a little pink piece of paper, you know, that someone had photocopied and stapled together. And, you know, you'd you'd go to this particular shop and they had them in a little wooden cupboard and you'd get the pamphlet off a shelf. They go, you know, this is radical knowledge and this is bringing the system down. <laughs> and it was like, there's probably like 200 people had ever, ever, ever seen that piece of paper ever. Whereas now, you know, that's totally changed. So it is education. It is, it is, it's not just the theory though. You have, you have to experientially do it. So you have to actually bring people together, uh, and physically spend time together. I mean, Skype's cool. It enables us to do this marvelous thing and everything. And, I can keep in touch with friends all around the world, but you have to physically be with the people that you teach. There's, there's no substitute for that. Just like a piano teacher would sit on the stool next to the student and say, "No, not like this, like this." And there's no substitute for that. You can't do it on a YouTube video or a, you know, an animation or a head a VR headset. You have to physically be with the person because when you're in the room and they know this in places like Waldorf schools, Uh, there's an inductive process happening, which is that the teacher's embodiment of their wisdom physically, energetically, is affecting the other children in the room. So the quality of the man, the teacher, the quality of the woman, the teacher, is essential. And if you think back to your high school... I bet, I bet you can't think there's more than two or three teachers that were any good. Two it's or the same three. Two or
1: three, yep. yeah. And most of them yeah, were right. fucking awful, weren't they? Most of them were my gym. <laughs> yeah, most of them were my gym teachers. Yeah. <laughs> they were. They, they were should. good. They were good. There's a couple guys that were really, really good. I had yeah. a
2: good That's history awful. teacher. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a good uh, English teacher. And that that memorable fact should be the norm. That should be most people in the school, and it would be unusual to have someone who wasn't any good. Imagine if if you ran a school, that would be the number one thing: is the quality of those people coming in, and the curriculum is absolutely crucial. I let my and, wife run the school. <laughs> and you take a look at the level of curriculum out there today. If you actually sit back, I looked at a curriculum from a West Seattle high school. What a disgrace it was! What a disgrace! What an abomination. And it's just it bears no resemblance to human life whatsoever. So that's that's the problem that leads to Anderson Cooper and Rachel Maddow and Lena Dunham. That's the problem that leads to those people. The way to fix it is to get people totally depolarized and say, Look, if you vote in Democrat or Republican, that's your personal business. But here that's not relevant. That's just not relevant. So the truth is and the ordinary people, oh, forget everything. Let's just start fresh here. No reference points for those illusions. And when you do that, you start to break down those boundaries and realise that a lot of people actually have an awful lot of excellent stuff in common. So one of my great friends, a real lefty progressive, you know, woman um, who on paper you would I wouldn't even talk to her because it was so off the map. And yet when we, when we converse and have discourse in a metaphysical way, 90% of everything is the same and we get on absolutely brilliantly. And we've both transcended now all our old liberal and conservative ways and, and just said, what a load of rubbish all that is. Let's not even go there. That's just garbage. We'd been hoodwinked and we hadn't realized it. And we're good. We're conscious. And we'd still been trapped by that false thinking So you have to start with this like phoenix operation where you reduce all those old things to ashes and you start with something fresh. And once you've got to a certain threshold of that, then you may be, if you work really hard, and I'm in that process, fit to teach others. You may be, if you work really hard. And everyone has particular skills as well. So for some it's math, some it's music, some it's You know, agriculture, summits, engineering, all those things are as valid and important as each other. And it's incredible when you start to focus on it, how those natural skills just come to the fore. And with, you know, um, a very sort of intuitive and synchronistic process, this new way of educating ourselves and parenting ourselves starts to just organically arise. But do not look ever ever to the government for it, because they will lead you astray. And as soon as you think like this, a lot of those pressures start to dissolve. You know, that you were talking about before that, how do you depolarize? How can do, you have to just take the bull by the horns in your own way and take your God-given skills, your great illumination, pick out the three or four things that are your specialisms and start to... um craft them, start to refine them. So they, be, be, they become excellent. Hmm. And then your vision of excellence will affect the young men and women in your life and and the old ones and the mature ones, but especially the young ones that think, boy, you know, when we're near Darren, this thing, he just totally inspires me to do this. And when we're with Graham, it's a different set of things. And it totally inspires me to go about and doing this. I feel much more confident when I'm with him. And that, that's the inductive process that absolutely is the most dangerous weapon we have against empire
1: comes back to being the change yourself, right? Doing that yourself and all the time. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. So, what kind of things would you would you teach, a, you know, in school that we wouldn't teach now spiritually? Like, I, I, I got
0: to start next there year. Was,
1: there was two, two, two schools, I think, in the states that were teaching mindfulness when I read when I watched this. Uh, Waldorf well, this, this year, but it's mega expensive. Is it really expensive? It's like,
0: two, 10 So, grand so year.
1: what are your like? Would yeah, you oh. teach? You know, what kind of spiritual principles would you teach uh, kids? Like, I feel like we're missing yeah. that whole part of the, the our our life in school.
2: Yeah, we are. There's no wise elders. There's no one teaching. I had no wise elders for 20 years, none, not one. So, it, and again, I lived in a nice place. My parents were good people. It's not a problem. That. It's it's, it's an institutional, endemic, cultural thing. There are no wise elders. If you have some, you're extremely lucky. So we have to switch that around to bring in those men and women who are going to be in the earliest in the 40s, but more likely in the 50s and 60s. That's where wisdom starts to actually shine. So on this path, the maturation process, getting old is a a great reward, a great spiritual gift. It ceases to be a problem and it becomes the opposite, becomes the best thing ever. I would say in answer to your question, you know, I I use axioms, A-X-I-O-M, you know, I I use all kinds of methods and wisdom, old and new, in, in formulating my work with people And I use the axiom just to remember something. Say like in law you have um, a legal maxim to represent an important or complex idea uh, in a very straightforward manner. For example, uh, you might say in law there is a legal maxim as a thing is bound, so it is unbound. In other words, you got yourself into this mess, (laughs) you can get yourself out of it. So that's a legal maxim. Um, Another one, ignorantia juris non excusat." Latin, which means ignorance of the law excuses no one. So in law, they use the maxim as a teaching mechanism. So that last one, you know, means just because you didn't know you were driving on the wrong side of the road in Italy doesn't mean you didn't break the law, you know. <laughs> and that, that statement encapsulates a piece of wisdom. And so I have always found the principle of the legal maxim very useful And so in my work, I've developed my own axioms, uh, you know, a a maxim, an adage, a saying, but they're just more, of course, philosophically or spiritually focused. Um, And so I create my own. So one of the ones that um, I use with people is your personal fulfillment is your sacred work. So a very common question you'll come across when everyone's thinking deeply in the evening and looking at the stars, taking a breath, thinking about new horizons, say, well, what is what am I here to do? What is my purpose? Why what is my sacred gift? Sometimes feels that other people know what theirs is, but I don't know what mine is. I've got news for you, nobody does. Nobody knows what their big, massive sacred gift is. Your gift, your job is to fulfil yourself personally. Now, I don't mean to sit there with hot dogs and, you know, reruns of the Rockford Files. (laughs) I don't mean comfort, indulgence like that. I mean to fulfill yourself intellectually, emotionally, sexually, psychologically, nutritionally, artistically. When you fulfill yourself on all levels of being, that is your sacred work because the path to that fulfillment will require a deep spiritual journey. Mm. So now we've um, unfolded that statement, then we can go back to it again. Your personal fulfillment is your sacred work at the highest level. That's your path. So you can teach with the axiom like that or another one, another one. Um, How truthful can you afford to be is a question I often pose. You, you... Darren and Graham, you guys can afford to be pretty damn truthful. You really can. And I imagine you've set up your lives so you're free to think how you want, free to say what you want, free to provoke and antagonize or agree, free to have conflict or harmony, whatever you want. You can afford to be very truthful. Pretty much. There's a lot of yep. other people, though, who you'll know in your friends and family who cannot afford to be very truthful because of the job, because of the husband, because of the wife, because of the church, because of politics, because of the military, because of something that's actually they've created an environment where they're restricting how truthful they can even afford to be. And so you sort of Rand Paul, who's a senator, who's a jolly decent man, it seems to me, a libertarian, he's actually made himself into a difficult position because he can't do certain things in that role. His father, Ron Paul, who is also a decent fellow, can just go anywhere and say anything now, and he's coming out with these incredible things. He was always quite interesting, but now he's out of it. He can go anywhere. So how truthful can you afford to be? Question mark. That's another axiom. So now we've explained it, you can see that contained in the seed, the wisdom seed, when you unfold it is a whole lecture, you know, we, so we can take one axiom and go at it like as a, a group, not just me orating and as a seminar, but, you know, in discussion mm-hmm. where students and individuals can tell, you know, what they think, what the, what does it mean to them? I'll give you one more as an example. Identity emerges in a clean space. Right. Identity emerges in a clean space. What that means is this, that identity uh, is something that gradually arises over a 100 years of life. And then right at the end, just as you go, you finally know who you are, (laughs) right? (laughs) So you never know quite who you are at all because it's always emerging all the time. And the only way you can change that is by creating a very clear and clean and harmonious environment so the true pristine self can come forward which is as pristine and as pure as it was when we were 5 years old that's still intact inside but then allied with coupled with the great wisdom and all the battle scars that we've since you know accrued since then and you put that those two things together and it creates this incredible identity that is constantly emerging. Think of like a giant block of granite and, you know, a, a great sculptor comes along, Michelangelo type and starts sculpting at this thing. And over the weeks, over the months, the, this form, the beautiful form emerges, the statue emerges from the solid block. And that thing, there's no rush for it. And it, Sometimes it's very smooth. Sometimes it's very angular. Sometimes it's big. Sometimes it's small. It emerges over time. When somebody doesn't know that, they rush to find out who they are. And they rush to think, oh, I'm a black transsexual Democrat. That's who I am. That's what I'm all about. Oh, I'm a white, you know, homosexual Republican. That's who I am. That's what I'm about. An empire plays this trick of giving you a menu of identities to choose from, to, to make all your spiritual progress end at that point. So as soon as you select off the identity menu, this is what I am, this is who I am, this is what I believe, you're out of the game. And mm-hmm. Empire knows that, ingenious, you're out of the game. So our identity is this glorious emerging sort of art project that slowly emerges over a long time, in clear, clean, excellent spaces. If we're in a bad space, energetically, physically, emotionally, it hides. And then we don't know who we are. So having an identity crisis is c- kind of normal in spiritual work because it, it just means you've had a quick evolution. And the guy you were a few years ago has gone. He's not here anymore. <laughs> You're totally different. Some Everything's different. The way you feel about Your family, the way you feel about work, the way you move in the world, it's all different now. So some of our principles, of course, are there. Some of our thoughts and feelings are there. Our chronicle of life is there. But who we are is constantly changing. And the only people who are ever in any space to guide that are those who have this very beautiful, well-formed identity and those people will be in their 60s and 70s and 80s and not before. Again, the critical presence of the wise elder in a young person's life, absolutely crucial. Wow. Totally, totally ignored in modern society.
1: So, how are some ways that you can keep a clean space? Like, the, you know, how do you, how, what are some ma- major things you do to, to build that?
2: So, it's back to the word alignment. Alignment. You ask yourself, You know, you can do a sort of test. You can say on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you at home? It's a very private remark. You might have one that you say out loud (laughs) and one that you say quietly to yourself at night. You know, you do the same with your work, with the main work that you do. I do lots of different work. I'm sure many people do these days. But if you work at, at the office or the factory or driving a truck or going to the city Or, you know, crafting in a workshop somewhere, whatever you do, whether it's one thing or a series of things, how happy are you doing that? How good is it? How aligned is it with who you are on a scale of one to ten? And then your relationships, how fulfilled are you by the men and women in your life? Do they celebrate you? Do they know you deeply inside or not? Are they just people? How are the people in your life able to commune with you on the most profound level? Can they know and recognize your inner self or do they have no idea who really you are? Scale of one to 10, one awful, 10, fantastic. And most of the time, those scores are quite low because it hasn't occurred to people that those foundations are 100% within their control. 100% a representation of who you are and they can be very modest. I'm not talking about opulence and riches and numbers of people. I don't mean that. It can be very modest and it's the same for everyone. We just want a simple, nice, beautiful home with good environment inside and happiness and joy and music and poetry and souls that open to each other. Very simple, nice garden, maybe whatever. It's very simple. It doesn't have to be great magnificence. It can be very, very modest In your work, it must be something that fulfills you, that pleases you as you go about it, where you take pride in the quality of what you've done. And there's some level of contribution in it as well. So it pleases you, but it also is bloody useful to other people. They think, this is good. This chair is phenomenal. This math class was phenomenal. This man who picked me up off the side of the road and put me in the ambulance is amazing. Absolutely phenomenal. If that process is good and it's aligned with you, then it's good work. If it isn't, it isn't good work, you know, as the Buddhists call it, right livelihood or not, right? And then your relationships, they are a a reflection of your capacity for communion. So we use a special word in the supernal path, fellowship. Frankly, anyone can have a relationship. Human beings do that quite well. You know, they could be bad, they could be wonderful, but to, to relate to each other is something we do and we're in relationship all the time. Fellowship, in the way that I use that word, is just to indicate a more profound level of contact, a more truthful encounter with another man, another woman. Whether it's in friendship or alliance or Romantically, you know, sensually, whatever, the, the different choices we each make in our lives. But that level of fellowship, there must be some sort of contact with who you are with that person. They must be, let us say, a sort of another pilgrim like you, another freedom, another person with freedom in the heart like you, another person who is open and willing to transform like you. And those people, when they come into our lives, represent the tremendous satisfaction, tremendous comfort, and tremendous inspiration to challenge us and see us and celebrate us. And most of the people I work with, that's the number one problem, not enough fellowship. There's lots of people in the internet. There's lots of people in books and YouTube. They listen to stuff, but they don't physically actually have it right in the life most people's number one problem is not the proper fellowship so in my work we try and do something about that we try and connect people together we try and bring people together but more importantly just to point them to be aware of it to say you choose what that is you choose that it's your privilege that to be acquainted with the most excellent men and women of wonderful character and warmth and humor and aliveness and richness of expression, and whatever that is for you, that's your choice, that's your prerogative, your privilege, wonderful privilege, it is natural, everyone has it, but people don't think of it, they just sort of bump into people, and there's this guy you've known for 25 years, and he's kind of, you know, he doesn't really get it, but you've known him for a long time, and there's this person you sort of with, and you know, you love and care about each that's, that's, that's not it, so fellowship is in addition to that. It can be instead of if you want. But I have both sides of it. I have normal relationship. I have deep fellowship. I have people who get me and know me and understand me. And people who have no idea who I am but love me anyway. <laughs> and I, I can do all of those things. But fellowship, my life without fellowship would be a rather thin and anemic affair indeed. And with fellowship, when I am weak and lonely, and sad, and uncertain, then it's the greatest, greatest thing ever. And when I'm strong, and powerful, and creative, and full of life, it's the greatest, you know, alliance, and celebration, and it's me helping someone else maybe on that day. But you're there, you are there, you're on the journey together, pilgrims on the journey, pilgrim just being someone who goes about a journey for a spiritual purpose. That's why we're here, that's what we're doing
0: here. You've been on the journey for quite a while now. Um so now it seems like we're getting some breakthrough. Like do you think do you think it's something we're gonna see happen, you know, in our lifetime or our kids' lifetime, or is it gonna start to happen? I mean, it seems like everything is ramping up on some sort of a bell curve <laughs> right now. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. It does seem like some
2: things are accelerating for sure. Some things are going really wrong and some things are going really right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know the the shadow gets very very dark as as uh, you approach equilibrium because it has to well well it's faint you know, you not reached the zenith of that moment yet for me I, I can sit back and say i've never seen the media and the political landscape so corrupted and distorted ever that's shocking it's quite shocking to me that but i can also sit with equal amazement and equal awe and say, I've never seen so many, I've never personally encountered so many amazing people with total compassion and total integrity and total love and artistry. And as I say, humor doesn't have to be a solemn affair. This believe me, Mm -hmm. very, very playful and uh, vigorous people and, you know, mischievous even, you know, a wonderful natural playful human always has that element within them the very wisest men often have a playful and surreal side to them in my experience those people i've never seen them in such great numbers and i would i would hazard to say no one has no one has that's my guess nobody has so the number of people here now who can hold a much better signal shall we say is unprecedented to me I've never seen it and no one I've ever met has either even the old guys who are twice they've never seen it either so something special is happening and it definitely correlates to how awful things are so to me that's the moment of maximum polarization where you get a change you get an earth change which is completely natural totally natural all the time complete elemental reset good bring it on
1: so you think that's gonna happen in fairly soon I hope then? So. I mean, yeah.
0: I pray for it every night. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. The Bring def- it on. There definitely seems to be uh like kind of, I the homeschooling's on the rise, you know, not vaccinating's on the rise, cable seems to be on the decline. The like, off the grid yeah. communities, you know, the like organic even,
1: farming, all the local farming, all that stuff, yeah. Even
0: five yeah. years ago, you'd you know, it'd be crazy to Homeschooling, not so much. Vaccination seems to have come a long way, but you cable for sure. Like five years ago, or it hasn't been five for me. It's been about three. But when I first cut it, people were like, "Whoa!" You know, even three <laughs> years ago, and <laughs> and now already, it's like yeah. people are constantly telling me that they're cutting it, or they're thinking about cutting it, or they're you I know, know it's, not it's using absolute it,
2: garbage or... in it. Yeah. So you can say, you know, you don't need a you don't need a landline. You don't need a cable line. You don't need to send your kids to school. You don't need to have a stupid, normal relationship with the utility company. You can, we can do much better than that. We can be cleverer. And I, I want to live, I live in a lovely house on a lovely street. I like to, you know, eat out and do nice things. So it's not like I'm living in some sort of, uh, commune, poverty, yeah. some sort of commune or some sort of, you know, um, ascetic life like a sadhu you know sat on a bed of nails with one arm raised for 25 years that's not my style at all i mean after this i'll be sat down with a gin and tonic and you know watch the sun go down or something so it's you know it's very civilized it's very it's very plain in some ways but how it's funded and how it's resourced and how we go about our day in my life with my family is very different, very, very, very different, very different approach to everything. And we, you know, we obey the rules as we see fit. We don't take what's not ours. We don't harm anybody. We go along and obey all the natural laws and no problem. It's easy, easy peasy, easy peasy. So you don't have to be unlawful and ridiculous in your uh, extremism. But I am an extremist and always have been. And like... So I was just saying to someone the other day, when I was 18, I just hated everyone. I just thought the world is so broken and stupid. It's ridiculous. Today, it's exactly the same. The only reason is that's different. The only thing that's different is I know why now. And it's, of course, it's not hatred. It's disappointment in the resignation that I see in everyone's faces, the defeat that I feel in the hearts, good men and good women who've given up. And I felt that when I was 18, and I feel it today at 44, exactly the same. It's just that now I know why. Now I know why that's happening. So I take a special pleasure in doing my little bit to reverse that situation to say, all right, if we can get those young people at seven years of age is where you start, seven to 14 is the crucial, crucial thing where all the circuits are laid down, as you might say, All the stone is chiseled at that point. It is reversible, but it takes decades if you get it wrong. If you get it right, those boys and girls are just like superheroes. A completely different relationship with reality. Completely individualistic. No pulling to the Democrats or the Republicans. That's garbage. A laughable joke doesn't even come into it. So the good traditions are kept new things are created you know integral conduct great composure great family units are created because right from the start they're making better choices about boyfriends and girlfriends about education about when to have children how to raise children you know your relationship with your freedom of speech your relationship with your uh Right to defend yourself. All those things are seen in natural, healthy ways. Absolutely
1: natural. Hmm. That's a really good point, if, Darren. You're going to be up Slowly for a challenge, chiseling, eh? like,
0: at, you're, chiseling away at fucking free speech up here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Your kids are what now? You're, they're getting they're getting ready for school, right? Like, well, my, like that my age. My
0: oldest is in nature kindergarten right now, but then next year she's in homeschool. So, so what? One. What is that? Is that a private cool. thing? That's is that a no, thing no it's a it's a public thing. if she, if she can get, they're looking at maybe adding a couple of grades to it. Like they won't let them start. I I don't think they'll ever let them go past grade three. But they if they if they keep the nature thing going for a couple more years, I think we'd keep her in because they're just out in nature all day. You know, that's fantastic. Unless Pretty good teacher in itself. If it's below minus twenty, they're in the classroom. <laughs> but the classroom, the, the classroom oh, is just Canada, uh, <laughs> is just like a community center, right? And and it's like uh, so if we can, if she can do that a couple more years, she'll probably stay in. But if not, that's when fantastic. she's done that, she's going to homeschool.
1: Oh, she is that's yeah. What, yeah, and what she's on the art is.
0: school list right now. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's gonna pan out. We haven't been hearing great reviews about. Uh, about it that's been sliding. The and then my yeah. youngest, we were actually just discussing today because we were just going to homeschool her right from the get-go. But my oldest went to a pretty good little preschool here in town with a nice British lady. And it was really good. It's a, good, it's a, little, a little pricey, <laughs> you know, like a couple hundred bucks a month. But I figure we're going to send her to that anyway. Give her, I think that's good for her to get, you know, a couple hours a week of trusting mm. another environment other than home. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, then you once do it's homeschool, actual gotta, learning, it's going to be home. Like, I, yeah. there's no way my kids are going into the public. Really, school to, no, you guys no are chance. you guys are already fully there. No, and I think that the government's going to make it so that unvaccinated kids can't be in public school in the next couple of years anyway. So that'll just be the, no the final. push. you're
1: really push. bucking the system here, buddy. You got unvaccinated uh, private school, home-schooled, homeschooled kids, kids yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Healthy, independent children. What an incredible situation.
0: <laughs> I, I grow my own food and I grow my own medicine.
2: Yeah. You see, it's in it's your instinct though, isn't it? It's natural. It's not it's not extremism, it's not dropping out of the system. It's the natural human way. And all we've got to do is just structure that in a better way, because it's it's a little bit too haphazard at the moment because it's early days. That process is happening though and will continue to happen. Where just like you know the television and the newspapers that nobody watches and reads anymore, a, a forward-thinking
0: media is insane a, right now.
2: A forward-thinking parent in ten years' time would not dream of sending the children to a normal school. Right? Not dream of it in ten years' time. I, that's my suggestion. And so you and me and the listeners are, all have a role to play in that not only in what we choose to do with our families, but in the level of education. And as I say, quality and excellence that we decide upon for ourselves because we then become the old guys who are teaching. (laughs) So in 10, 20, 30 years, it's us, it's us. There's no one else here, believe me. There's no one else, it's us. So we have to make sure that we feel in our heart when you're still inside, in silence, that you think, I am... At the level where I'm fit to teach this stuff, not to perfection. I've got my flaws just like everyone else, but I've crossed the threshold of quality where I can definitely inspire young people to be stronger and truer and wiser. And if we can do that, Empire
0: will just be a funny thought in the back, in the rear view mirror. Have you ever thought about putting together any like uh, short videos or anything like that that would be consumable for people that are doing that sort of homeschooling thing? Because I think that's the next step that nobody's Mm. really doing right now is to see, and I would love to see it come from, you know, our community, the independent sort of...
1: Like we were talking about Randall, we asked Randall Carlson this too as well, like he was talking about teaching kids and stuff and like actually just making lessons for, yeah. Yeah, I've I've seen people
2: doing it. I know that um, there's a, a network of mothers in Arizona who homeschool and in Florida and in Illinois. Lots of people I know out there who will be listening to this program. They know they know who, I, who I'm talking about. But the one in Arizona, in a community there, there's like 25, 30 mums, and m- mostly mums, but the dads as well. And they homeschool, and they each have specialisms and stuff. But the, what they've started to do is see the importance of getting the kids out socially to like whatever soccer and hockey and swimming and theatre and museums. So they, the social skills are, you know, augmented properly, which is one thing you do learn yeah. outside of the home. But the other thing is they've said, well, wait a minute. We have a great deal of wisdom, but we can't always bring it into the room. So they've set up like a little video booth and started producing their own material for that network. So they, you know, one of them will sit in front of a camera and say, hey, Welcome to the class today. Okay, today we're going to talk about Roman history in Britain in 200 AD. What a fascinating time it was! And here's some. And they're making their own curriculum materials, their own video textbooks. They're making their own material. So if you just get a few people who are skilled in that, you, you can do that in one room, and over two, three, four years, you could create enough course material to happily satisfy millions of children happily. So it's there. As I say, what is lacking is structure and organization. So that's why we need people who have those administrative skills or the resource. Like there's a lady I know in Arizona, she has an independent charter school and she wants to bring me in to teach the kids just some classes, not as a permanent job, but you know, I'll do a program. I'll do a sequence of classes there on something interesting that I think will benefit them. And because it's a charter, sc- an independent school, she can do what she wants. The mums and dads know that they're gonna, the kids are going to get a very illuminating, independent, provocative, natural, excellent education. So, to bring in independent um, spiritual teachers and philosophers and researchers would be fantastic, absolutely brilliant, no problem. So that that's happening as we speak. It's just that we, you know, it's still the foothills of this great mountain range and you know, we're dreaming of the top peaks above the mist, but we're still we're still arising, you know, we're still emerging, we're still creating that environment for it to happen. But make no mistake, it, it will totally supplant what exists at the moment. But as I say, the key thing is not to campaign against what's happening, not to try and reverse engineer what's happening is to create the new thing. Just immediately create the new thing. Put all of your energy, 100%, into that new education, the new media. You're already doing it. You guys are already doing it in what you're doing right now. I'm already doing it in what I do. And I I bet tons of the listeners are doing it as well. And we just have to absolutely feel that we are the authority. We will be the authority. And in some communities, they're even doing it in law. They're even doing it in security they're even doing it in engineering they're even doing it with their own laws off outside of the legal jurisdiction of the american federal government in some places on reservation land i won't say where they are no, places they
0: where fucking rolling in
2: <laughs> right but well, they can't you see because they've got no jurisdiction
1: so, so what are they doing yeah though? they're
0: working on that i think
2: what i what i'm saying is that many communities who want to do something a, a bit more radical and not at all illegal or naughty or you know mischievous they're not trying to get away with anything drink but let's raw say milk. let's say they want let's say they want to do different coding for buildings let's say they want to drink raw milk let's say they want to <laughs> not vaccinate the children some of those people are establishing relationships with Indians, Native Americans, indigenous people, whatever the bloody hell you want to call them these days. And they're saying, okay, we're going to give you a piece of this res. We're going to give you a piece of that. You have to abide by our laws, but ours are much more open and fewer in number. And you have to, we have to come and check that we think you're decent men and women. But other than that, there you are. That's quietly happening in some places now. I've seen it. And that that's a move away from property, land, and law, which are the you know the underpinnings of the federal government. And as soon as you do that, then it starts to get very interesting, then it accelerates.
0: It'd be good to see the federal government step down a bit too.
2: Well, it is doing because Trump's in power. So bit by bit, it's getting dialed back. And although some of it looks the reverse at the moment, it's just classic tactics to make friends with what you're going to change. So going over to the House of Saud, you know they know they're in big trouble because oil is going to go away soon. And they're already looking at alternatives. That's plain and obvious. You can read about it on you know oil company websites. But when they've gone, there's going to be tremendous turmoil there, tremendous turmoil. So a lot of places are going to be dependent elementally and resource-wise on the landscapes and the communities around them. So where you live is important, and if you're in where we are, we'll probably do pretty good. But um, if you're in a place where there's no access to resources, uh, intellectually or physically, it's very challenging. So I think clever people who can see this change coming quickly are beginning to see that to survive uh, rapid changes in government and in earth changes and elemental changes... Sure, you need some food and medicine and stuff and this and that and the other. But the key thing one word how do you survive earth changes? One word community. And I don't mean the bullshit communities they talk about in the cities. I mean actual community of conscious people with wise elders. When you have that, the end of the world is just an exciting challenge. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on right today, right now. Well, maybe not today. <laughs> <laughs> That's the test in it. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, be let's, do it, let's do it. Let's do it on Monday. Or maybe next. Maybe next week. Yeah, a week Tuesday.
1: <laughs> I do think things have to get have to get a little worse still before before they get better. I do think this yeah,
0: guy. we be. still have Trudeau. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you're
2: doing better than the poor French people who've got that new guy, Emmanuel Macron. Dear, 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 what a flipping robot he is! It's like the Terminator out of
0: Terminator 2. Unbelievable. There was a little video going around the internet of him and Trudeau going for a little walk together, and at one point it looked like he was going to pick a flower off of the, off yeah. of the thing for him. Yeah. That's pretty good. Well, that's probably as good a place as any to wrap it up.
2: Yeah, great, great. Oh. Some interesting, inspiring
0: things oh, you didn't. You. Uh, we didn't talk about your the thing, gathering. though. We better talk about your.
2: My thing, yeah. Oh, the yeah. Gathering. Thank you. Yeah, we were talking about this before the show, weren't we? Yeah, every year in in uh, respect of gathering and kind of bringing people together, I have a, a sort of weekend seminar, gathering, workshop, opportunity for people to meet. And we've done it in many different places. We've done it in Portland, we've done it in Washington, we've done it in the mountains. And the last couple of years, we've done it at this super place called the Omega Institute, which is like a sort of big you know, spiritual, holistic centre up in upstate New York. And they have lots of interesting people there over the, through the year from sort of May to September. Um, and so September the 8th, 9th and 10th, if you get yourself up to Rhinebeck in upstate New York, so it's not in the city with all glass and concrete and steel, it's up in the pastoral, rural landscapes, rolling hills and trees and rivers. It's very, very beautiful. And a lot of people... Uh, we'll go up there for retreat and for peace and quiet. But on um, my weekend, you get that, but you also get fellowship. You will meet excellent people because um, over the years, we've started to um, f- formulate this group of people who come together. And many of them come year on year on year. And we come to learn together. And I will, you know, give lectures. And you can see those on my website, neilcramer.com um, and we talk about everything politics, life, uh, the universe, death, the astral, the mystical, the spiritual, very esoteric matters, very normal matters. We laugh, we joke, we walk by the lake together, we have a fire at night time. Uh, you can stay there. there's all different kind of lodging options from like a tent to your own cottage and everything in between. So it's a very wonderful setup. and last year they did a super job. so, When when that happens, I'll go again. So again this year, I'll be happy to represent Omega and, you know, teach in their facility. And it's just an excuse to get together and actually, you know, make some plans, let your hair down, be with other serious pilgrims who are doing the same work as you at your level and above, you know, so we're not always the smartest people in the room. It's good to be challenged, you know. So, yeah, I'd love to see anybody who's interested come along to that. So it's September the 8th to the 10th, and you can go and see, if you go on neilkramer.com and click on the events page, you'll see it. It says Way of the Supernal Path. So um, you can see that on the events page, September 8th to the 10th, twenty. 17, love to see any of you guys, any of the listeners would love to see that
1: Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. I'll link to all that in the show notes. That I think sounds Thanks really a bunch of listeners
0: in that area.
1: I've been, I've been <laughs> yeah. thinking about going like to more of a, on vacation, to more of a yoga type retreat or like spiritual
0: retreat. So, I mean. Yeah, it's I a lovely environment. Be, yeah. When do you think you'll come out West again? Like Portland or Washington would be, you know, that's drivable.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh. I I travel such a lot, but it's on like a person-by-person basis. I am contemplating doing something uh, over in Seattle in a a little while, but I'm just trying to get uh, all the administration together for that. So don't know is the short answer. Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: I will. If there's any changes in that, I'll let you guys know. But for the time being, we have to jump on a plane and go to New York and uh, spend that time and effort. But it's... uh, It was such an excellent time last year, and I know it'll be, you know, bigger and better and more cool. Uh, So it's just a lovely opportunity. And for me personally as well, although, you know, I'm working ostensibly, it's just so good to actually lay your hand upon somebody's shoulder and draw them close to you and laugh and look in their eyes. There's nothing like it. It's just just very rejuvenating. I, I would thoroughly recommend
0: people consider it. I guess you'd fly into New York for that too, that'd be cool. I've never been to New York. Yeah, it's an
2: interesting contrast, especially if you fly into JFK and you're in that the madness of the airport or you get on the bloody Penn Station train down in the city. And then as you leave, you know, the the city starts to recede and then the trees and the fields start to emerge and you know, a couple of hours later you're in this very pristine environment and there's you know, just a, a giant spiritual college in the middle of the countryside. And it's, uh you know, it's been my pleasure working with those guys. They do a good
0: job. Wow, that sounds, sounds, sounds wonderful. Great. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll send Granville.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll make it.
0: I'll see. Yeah, my my vaca-
1: yeah, my vacation might be being canceled. My my other one, so <laughs> sure. yeah. So well, thanks for yeah. coming on, Neil. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and your yeah, thank you know you. how to reach this equilibrium. And I don't know, really really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Sure.
2: Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for your time and sp- thanks for giving me the space to spout off on all these issues. I do appreciate it. I hope I hope people have, uh, will enjoy listening to our conversations today.
1: Yeah, for sure, it's really good timing for them too. Yeah
0: all right right on thanks neil well uh yeah like i say give us uh give us an email for sure if you have that seattle event because i could always use an excuse to go to seattle <laughs> will do all right okay. buddy.
2: Take care. thanks a lot take
1: care bye
0: <laughs> that was our chat with neil kramer
1: yeah it's about time it's another one of these ones that's uh we've been thinking about for years
0: you know it's funny that uh we're just talking about the camaraderie of the chats. Yeah, that's that the seems community to be forming yeah. there in the community, but that doesn't count for something. But it's still got to count for something, you know. Digital. What do
1: you mean? it? Well, he he was talking about in, you know in person fellowship, but also fellowship yeah. like that. Yeah, that's, so that's still good. something else for sure. To I mean, you can in the chats. The people in the chats are talking about that, right? Yeah. How they like being in there and they can talk to people. They're having great conversations and meeting meeting each other. It's great. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> yeah, fellowship.
1: Yeah, it's Neil's so articulate with all that stuff, and it really makes sense what he's what he's talking
0: about. You know, separating yourself from the illusion there, and who better to run the fellowship than the Hobbit King himself?
1: He was asking in one of his Rome casts that I didn't get to about, do, are we ready to run things ourselves, like without without the
0: Empire as he calls it? We're not.
1: <laughs> you don't think?
0: No, a lot of people are going to die. <laughs> but hey. Can all be uh, sunshine and rainbows? Maybe we're more ready than I think. Yeah,
1: I think we are. But there's people think, building these intentional communities all over I'm the place. Sure you if know? the
0: sh- shit goes down tomorrow, I'm, I'd probably want to get farther away from the city. Yeah, because when those fucking million people start getting hungry, I don't want them coming. I'm two days. Doorstep. Yeah, that's just that's just it. It's gonna be like a week.
1: I was, I'm still thinking. I gotta order my little prep box. I gotta like order something like that.
0: I was thinking because it's like, you know, for like fucking a thousand bucks, you can have like a six month supply of food just sitting in a crate in your basement, yeah. just in case. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought about, but then, you know, what's the point? But I thought about my little truck there because it'd be, uh, it would get past uh, the Res Rocket. What? Yeah. The, the Rocket. The Res Rocket. It would get past the, uh, an EMP. It's old enough. <laughs> So I always think about having a slip tank in the back of it full of gas, just in case we got to go. up. But where would I go?
1: I guess well, you'd I go go, back to Northern try to go to the
0: North Red Lake, you said. Northern Ontario. Northern Ontario yeah. Sometimes I think you'd be better off just heading into the mountains of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, or just in the Rockies maybe right there. Still gets know. fucking cold, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, minus 430, 40, yeah. You go down to fucking Oregon, man. Don't sound so bad.
1: Yeah. I don't know how we all ended Oregon. up in the north. Like, why don't we all live in the equator? Like, in general, as a culture, like, as society. Like, don't tell me there's not enough room in that. Well, I think nice... there's
0: still technically more people by the equator, isn't
1: there?
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah. But there's a lot of people. <laughs> the north. Well, we came here for the money. Yeah, probably. I was here. You came here for the money. Oh, right. And the first you came for the fur. Then you came for the precious metals. Actually, first you came for the fur. Then you came for the bitches. Then you came for the precious metals. Then you came for the oil. And now. Now it's your shit. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Alright, guys, check out slash support for all the different ways you can help us keep having these uh, these wonderful chats, commercial-free, paywall-free, uh, 100% free. All we ask is that you donate the show if you can, when you can. Uh, you check out the website slash support There's a bunch of different monthly options there, from a buck a month to 30 bucks a month. You know, uh, if if you could do a buck a show, that'd be great. But a buck a month would be just fine. Which is about works out to about twenty or twenty five cents an episode, mm-hmm. which is like ten cents an hour. Yeah, that would help. Which is only five cents an hour each. Actually, after tax and bills and everything, it's more like a cent <laughs> towards Graham's debt.
1: After we pay the carbon tax.
0: Ah, not with carbon tax. What else? Anything else? Sign up for the newsletter. slash news Spam Graham. is yeah. that it that's alright guys thanks for listening and we will see you next week I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web, and Aaron is skeptical about everyone
2: and don't believe it yet.